listening to the teaching of Doxa Church. Doxa is located in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and our mission is to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. I realize most of you, all of you except for that guy, who knows me the second longest here, because he was the first guy I met in the parking lot. So I realize you guys don't know me. You have no clue who I am. I think David said I'm the executive director of the High Point Send Network. Again, I'll tell you more about that. But I think probably one of the most important things you should know about me is about when I decided that I wanted to give my life to Christ. And so I want to share a story real quick with you before we jump in. I got saved in my 20s. And when I say I got saved, I mean like God saved me from a life of sin. He saved me from myself. And when I decided to become a follower of Jesus, I had some great guys in my life that really challenged me. And one of them said, hey, now that you've made this major decision, I want you to go tell somebody. And I was like, okay, I can do, I don't know if anybody's ever challenged you to do that. And it wasn't just somebody. This is a guy who he lovingly referred to as Old Man Jenkins. All right, and I don't know if, this is South Carolina, so I know y'all got some old man Jenkins here, but this was a guy that they started to describe him to me, and I was like, really? Really? You want me to go tell this guy? And I was like, okay. So I got saved in my 20s, right? So that was like 28 years ago. That was when we didn't have Google Maps, right? We literally like printed out maps on MapQuest. Anybody? Right? You print them out, so you thought texting and driving was bad. Like, we were like holding 15 pages of notes, right, going down the road. It was bad, y'all, crazy. So, so they said, you got to go tell this guy about this decision you made. And so this was, in, this was in Florida, and not like pretty beach Florida. This was like, and you guys will appreciate this. This is like Bubbaville, Florida, right, in the northern part of Florida, Redneckville, Florida, right? And like, you got to go tell old man Jenkins what you did. I'm like, okay. So I follow the map. The map actually gets me to the place where the road ends. And now we're on like a two track gravel road. Okay. So I'm heading back further and further into the woods. It's starting to get scary. I'm listening for banjos, right? <laughs> it's, you know, we're, it's, it's, it's that kind of vibe, right? I don't know if any of you have ever been to North Florida, right? But it's, it's that kind of place. So, so I'm walking, and now it's off of two tracks, and it's literally just like a one path, like almost looks like a deer path, but it's a walking path. I am walking back there, and I see what I believe is Old Man Jenkins' house. And it's like something you would have seen in a movie, old, dilapidated, kind of shed-slash-house-looking, maybe a little barn-ish. I don't know. There's junk everywhere. I make my way to the house, and I, I, I step up on the porch kind of barely because the, the old rickety wood is there. Every time I take a step, there's like crunching sound. It's kind of wood, but it's almost sounds a little spongy, like I'm not sure it can hold my weight. Get on the porch, and there's like nobody around other than I can see a little bit of glimmer of light in the window, and there was like some... I don't know if it was smoke or steam coming off the back of the house. I don't want to know what he was cooking back there. 
Maybe it was a still. I don't know. Anyway, so I get to the porch, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go for it. And I bang on the door, and it's like an old screen wooden frame. Then there's the door behind the door, right? Anybody, you know what I'm talking about, screen door? Bang on the door, and like nothing. Just two good good knocks. I, I hear the wood bang into the frame, but, but nothing, right? I'm like, hello? Hello, Mr. Jenkins? Nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll bang harder, right? So bang, bang. And it's, it's kind of creaky, bangy, still nothing. I'm like, hello, Mr. Jenkins? Still nothing. Finally, I'm like, okay, I can do this. And instead of knocking, I take the palm of my hand, right? My dad's a firefighter. He's like, I'll show you how to open a door, right? So I bang on the door, and I, I push the screen door all the way to the frame when I do it, right? So I don't want the, the, the frame or the screen door banging in. I hold the frame there, and I bang. Well, what happens is I actually knock the inside door open, and it starts, and you can probably hear it in your head right now. Right? So the door is now open. I'm yelling. I'm standing on this guy's porch. I'm in the middle of nowhere. He's probably got a loaded weapon aimed at me right now. And I'm like, hello, Mr. Jenkins. Still nothing. I'm like, okay. I'm here. There's light flickering in the room. There's, I, there's something going on. I can, I can do this, right? So I step in. I open the screen door. Step in. Get about two steps in. And I'm like, hello, Mr. And about that point, I realize the, the flickering light is, and we're in Florida, but there's a fireplace. There's an actual fire in there. And there, I can see a silhouette, and it's of a, of a chair. And then from the chair, I can see this little round, like, silhouette, you know, come from the back of the chair. It's kind of like my bald head, right? So I can see that he's actually sitting in the chair. And he's not moving, and he's not responding to my voice. And so I'm starting to think, is he alive? What's up? <laughs> so I told my friend that I would actually tell this guy. So I was like, OK, whether he's dead or not, I can still do what I said I would do, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm getting myself all composed. I'm like, hello, Mr. Jenkins. My name is Bob Carlton. And today, I gave my life to Jesus. Nothing. And, uh, you know, my heart's pounding. This is the first time I've told anybody. And I'm like, what is going on here? Well, nothing in all my years of watching late night horror movies could have prepared me for what was about to happen. So as I'm looking and as I'm declaring, I noticed this kind of old, gnarly hand on the side of the chair and a big stick sitting, leaning on the chair. And as I'm standing there trying to figure out what to do, I see that old, gnarly, shaky hand reach for that stick. And I'm watching. It's happening in slow motion, right? And he grabs the stick. And I see the other hand grab the side of the chair and I can tell from the movement on the top of his head as he's starting to lean forward. And the door sound and the stair sounds were nothing compared to the sounds of his 
knees and elbows and all of his creaky bones as he was getting out of that chair and turned in front of me. I can see his face and he raises the stick above his head and looks at me with these crazy eyes and he's like, now! And I'm freaking out, <laughs> right? And I'm standing there and all he's doing, and he does it again. And he's waving the stick and he's like, now! And this, just, this rings in my head, probably like ringing in yours right now. Pause. If there's time, I'm going to finish this story, but I'm looking at the clock. So, I, I, okay. Okay. All right. So, pause. Hope, I hate, man, I hate cliffhangers. Sorry. Uh, all right. Pause. David brought me here to, to tell you that story. What he brought me here to tell you about was you're hurting right now. I know you want the rest of the story. Okay, so I'm going to rush through this so I, can, so I can resolve this story for you. Okay, so I am the executive director of the High Point Send Network, and it's an honor to be here. And you're like, what is the High Point Send Network? So here's the deal, and, and I'm going to talk about the network, but I'm going to talk about you, okay? I'm not just talking about churches and pastors, but I want you to be listening for how is God using this right now to talk to me and speak to my heart? The reality is when I talk to pastors all over the country, there's some things that I see, some commonalities, some characteristics of these churches. And, and big picture, we all, we all get it. And I think not just pastors and churches, I think you will get this as well. Last week was Father's Day, right? And so the question is, like, okay, Father's Day, now what, right? Moving forward, now what? Well, I would propose for us one of the best things that we could do, one of the best ways we could honor our Heavenly Father is to actually figure out what He wants for our lives and do that, right? My dad taught me to work smart, not just work hard, right? He would say, work smart, not hard. He didn't mean don't work hard. He meant work smart, and that'll help you avoid making a lot of mistakes. In our network, we say we pay a lot of stupid tax for other churches. And so my hope is that I could share some of the stupid tax that we've paid in, in a way that would be helpful for you. So we get, as churches and as individuals, we get the idea of what's called the Great Commission. Everybody heard of the Great Commission? Okay. That's the Great Commission, right? Go, right? Scripture says, all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to me. This is Jesus talking. All, all authority in heaven and earth belongs to me. Therefore, you go. If We look at the real meaning of the word. It's more like as you go, as you do life in the places you live and work and learn and play. As you do that, make disciples, right? This is Matthew 28. Therefore, go, make disciples, Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey all the things I've commanded, and surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. We get that. We understand. That's our calling. That's the what. If you're a note taker, there's the, there's the what. The what is, this is what we're called to do. We're called to go, right? This is the Great Commission. If you've never heard this, great. 
This is your job, right? We are all called. Churches are called to do this. Individuals are called to do this. We are called to go, right? Some of us are called to go really near, like in our house, in our neighborhood, in our school. Some of us are called to go really far. I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. Most of us get the go, right? Then there's the who, right? The who is the great commandment. Disciples, Pharisees, religious rulers, everybody's trying to figure Jesus out, and they start to ask him, you know, what's the greatest commandment? So we see in Matthew 22, Jesus responds with, by saying, this is the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he says the second commandment is like this. Love your neighbor as yourself. We get the go, and I think if we're really honest, we also get the love, right? We're called to love people, even people we don't like, even people that scare us, like Mr. Jenkins, people that scare us, like neighbors that aren't like us or don't believe things like we do, people on Facebook that we vehemently disagree with, like we're still called to love people. So again, churches, individuals, you, this is all y'all thing. I'm from the South, so we say y'all, right? So this is an all y'all kind of thing, right? We get the go, we get the love, right? Not just love God, but love our neighbors. We get that. Here's the kicker. This, this is the third part of this picture, and that's the together part. So I would propose to you another great, this is not the scripture according to Bob, but there is a great example of collaboration. It's found in John 17. And this is where Jesus is talking to his disciples. Somebody pull that up for us. You guys are great at pulling up scripture. John 17, verse 21. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask somebody to read it out loud to us. It doesn't matter what version you're in, but read it out loud to us. This is where Jesus is saying to his disciples, like, hey, and he's actually praying to God. And he's saying, God, would they be one like you and I are one? Somebody read that out loud to us, nice and loud. I realize I didn't tell the tech people that we were going to do this, so I apologize. John 17, verse 21. Yeah, you got it. So that the world may believe. God, would they be one like you and I are one so that people would come to know you, right? This is the great collaboration. This is the, so we said the what is go, the, the, the who is love, your neighbors, and then this is the how, right? This is the together part. If there's nothing you take from this message, I hope it would be just this picture, is that you have been called to go and love and I'm going to share with you why I think it's best if we actually do that together. You might be thinking, okay, well, you didn't answer the where question. I'm so glad you asked. For those of you that are following in the outline, you noticed I skipped one. The where is actually one of my favorite verses, right? If we want to know God's heart, we should be getting into God's word. So I hope you guys are okay us getting into God's word today. Is that all right? Right? Okay. So Acts 1.8 is this great illustration, and it answers the where question, right? 
Jesus says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be, not you might be, you ought to think about being, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Right? Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Do you have any idea, anybody know where they were actually having that conversation? In Jerusalem. Like, why did he say in Jerusalem if they are, like, we know, we're right here. I think it was really intentional. He's saying right here. Like, we start right here. And the Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, he was painting a picture for them of the where. It's like, hey, right here, and then when we go there, and then when we go there, and then the whole world. Like, that's, that's the where. Make sense? So the what, the who, the where, and now the how, which is together. And this idea of doing things together is probably one of the things that churches struggle the most with. We're great at doing things our way, right? But if we actually want to reach a community, a city, a region, we've got to be willing to work with others. And so our vision as a network to act is to actually impact the world. And so we've said, if we're going to do that, we actually have to do that with a lot of churches. And so this idea of collaboration, I want to paint a picture for you, actually show you a picture. Anybody ever seen the Redwood Forest in person? Anybody? Oh my gosh. It is incredible. These trees, this picture does not do it justice. These trees are gigantic. Like there's some of them, there's some of them, if you Google it, you can see pictures like literally there's tunnels cut in the trees and you can drive tour buses through them. These are big trees, okay? So in our network, in your city, there's a lot of individual trees. Stick with the metaphor for a second, okay? Churches are individual churches, right? And there are times when we're experiencing drama, right? Whether it's a church or an individual, there's times when we need people. The problem is, is like most of us, churches are the same way. They're not as likely to reach out for help when they actually need it. So the thing that I want you to see from this picture of these trees is the way that these trees survive the storms of life, hundreds and hundreds of years, forest fires, tornadoes, other windstorms, droughts, the way that they survive is the way that their root systems are interlocked. This is the most beautiful picture in nature we see of true collaboration. They're individual trees, right? It's not like one tree and all these roots and make other trees. They're individual autonomous trees, yet they're root systems, and the root systems aren't even very deep. Imagine, you know, these 200-foot-tall trees surviving a windstorm. It's because of their interlocked root system. 
If there's a part of the forest that needs resources and another part of the forest has an abundance, because of these root systems, they're actually able to move nutrients and minerals and water. They're able to hold themselves down because of the way that their root systems are locked together. In my mind, this is a really beautiful picture of collaboration. Does this make sense? All right. Imagine if that's how we lived our lives, recognizing like, hey, we need each other. It's the whole point of biblical community. Like if you're not in a life group, this is what you're missing. Because all of us are going to go through storms of life, right? We're all going to have needs. And if you are not interlocking your roots with some other people, you're seriously, seriously missing out on something, not just that's awesome, but like this is how you are designed by God to do life in community. It's the same with churches. A lot of churches do this and they're protective and they put walls up and they look like castles, right? We've been there, right? We've probably experienced that. But in reality, if we want to make an impact, if we want to have the kind of influence that people would drive all the way across the country just to take pictures of, like we've got to figure out how to do that. And so that is really what our network is all about. So to tell you a little bit about our network, we're a diverse family of gospel-centered churches that are catalyzing church growth and church multiplication around the world. That's who we are. That's what we do. And I realize there's some loaded words in that statement. The first one is diversity. There's a really loaded word today, right? But we use that word intentionally because there's lots of different kinds of churches in our network. And it's not just diversity of skin color, although we have a lot of diversity in our network of skin color. We have diversity of language. We have diversity of thought. We have diversity of methodology. It's not like cookie cutter church, right? We're all different kinds of church, just like that forest, right? Those are individual trees, but we've connected together, okay? So diverse family of gospel-centered. There's a lot of other things that we could be centered around. We could be drama-centered. We could be crisis-centered. We could be, you know, poverty. There's lots of different things that we could be centered on. We could be politically centered, and and not that at different times we don't address those things, but we are gospel-centered, It's about helping people know Jesus and be transformed by him. In our church in Naperville, we say we help people believe in, belong to, and become like Jesus. That's who we are. That's what we do. A lot of our churches have that same vision and mission, right? So we're a diverse family of gospel-centered churches that are catalyzing really two things, church growth and church multiplication. The church growth is not just numerical growth. Yes, we want to see churches grow numerically, but we want to see church pastors grow healthy, like have healthy relationships, be healthy, strong leaders. Like your pastor's health is important to me and important to our network. So we talk about those kinds of things, right? Anybody ever think about like, hey, who pastors the pastor, right? We, we have those conversations. We want to see our pastors have healthy marriages and healthy families because as that happens, the church will grow, right? Healthy organisms grow. 
healthy organisms also reproduce, and that's the church planting side, right? So we do two things. We help churches grow, again, not just numerically, but healthy, strong, vibrant leaders, and we grow, ch- or we grow churches. We plant churches. The reason that we plant churches is because the most effective and efficient means of reaching people with the gospel is planting new churches. That's not a statistic made up by some guy who, like, that's what they do for a living, so they make a statistic to make that sound really good, right? It's actually true. It's, it's scientifically, there's all the data proves that the most effective and efficient means of reaching a community with the gospel is actually planting new churches. The most gospel vibrancy happens when new churches are planted. So that's what we do. That's our tactic. So to give you a little bit of a a picture of that and even how it works for us is we say we're a network of networks. And so I'm going to explain this really quick because I want to get to more important stuff. So if it's what? Old man Jenkins. Old man Jenkins. (laughs) I'm glad you remembered that. My love language is whiteboard and I'm a strategy guy, so I'm going to spare you me geeking out on all of this stuff. But this is kind of the scope of how we do what we do. And we say at the center of, and I'm going to talk about high point for a second and you'll see where you're at in here in just a second. But at the center of our organization are high point churches. So there's high point send network. But to talk about high point churches We have a bunch of locations around the Chicagoland area. We also have one way out in the middle, uh, like three and a half hours away from our main location. But these are all high point churches, and we call these siblings. That's what the S stands for. These are sibling churches, right? Most churches that are forming networks, if they're doing multi-site or multi-location or planting, they have like a smaller group of, of sibling churches, right? That's all of our different locations. They're, they're called High Point. They, you know, they're on the high, the pastors and the staff, they're all on High Point payroll. They're all connected to High Point, right? Then we have the E is extension locations. And we have two extension locations right now. One is in St. Vincent Grenadines, the island of the Caribbean. And one is in Cincinnati, right? You notice the yellow triangles. The yellow triangles are more the hub. So like our U.S. hub is in Naperville. We have training center. That's where we're raising up church planters and have residencies and all of that stuff. And also St. Vincent, which is an extension location, also is a hub for multiplication. They're raising up pastors, sending them out. That's the siblings, the extensions, And then the next ring is the network. This is High Point Send Network. And there's lots of different churches around the world. You notice there's three other hubs there. We have a European hub that's based in Romania. And from there, we're planting churches in Romania, Germany, Italy, Spain, France, UK, Croatia. What am I forgetting, David? Go to the website. You can learn more about it. <laughs> Highpointsend.org. We have a, and I'm going to give you two that rhyme. Our other two ho- hubs is a Siberian and a Liberian, right? So Siberian hub is our Russian hub. It's in Siberia. And from there, we're planting churches all over Russia, but mostly in that Siberian Omsk region. And then also we have a hub based in Liberia, 
which is a really tough part of West Africa. Pastor Moses has planted a church there. They just launched another church a few weeks ago, and they got three more that are getting ready to launch. So we're planting churches literally all around the world. These are five of our global hubs, but this is the network. And so the next one is like, where? oh, there's you, right? You're in the network, okay? So this is not what High Point doing is doing. This is what we are. Remember I said all y'all? It's like we're in this together. So Pastor David and you have been a part of High Point Send from the beginning, and you guys are all helping make this happen. Your generosity, the way that God is moving you as a congregation, you are helping make this happen. And so High Point Send couldn't exist without you. And so I'm here to say thank you for how you are impacting the world. And I want you to know a little bit more about that. The D part, for those of us that are following along, I wish there was a really cool word like sibling or extension or, or di- maybe it's diaspora, but that doesn't really work. But the, the D stands for developing relationships. These are developing relationships with other networks, tribes, denominations, schools. These are other relationships that are not yet a part of the network. Make sense? So all the other things are a part of the network. These are on things that are outside of the network. I was talking to Chris earlier. Chris is like, you know, I think I'm picking on Chris because I can, right? He can't stop me. I guess he could turn my mic off. So he's like, you know, I think this is the ninth church that I've helped start. I think maybe someday I'm going to plant a church. And I'm like, this is the right place. I'm the right guy to talk to. Like these are developing relationships. We want to see God plant more churches. And God does that through local churches like yours. And I know you have a heart and a vision for planting church. These are some of the churches that we've launched recently around the world. That's the top list. And even the bottom list are some of the next ones that are about to be launched. So many of them that it's hard to read. I don't know if you can read that. A couple of ones I want to point out is right now, I said that there was 53 churches in the network, about to be 55. Technically, I think that's wrong. I think it's 51 churches and they're about to be 53. I guess the preacher in me is already inflating the numbers. I apologize about that, right? But two really cool ones that are about to launch. One's technically already launched, and those are churches that are happening in and because of the war in Ukraine. Before I jump into that, I want to share this real quick with you. You guys all helped in huge ways for what happened to one of our churches. I mentioned St. Vincent. St. Vincent is an island, the Grenadines, that had a volcano that sat dormant for a really, really long time. Nobody expected to pop. It's popped over 30 times, wiped out half of the island. You guys have probably, I think you talked about this because you guys took up an offering and sent and helped with a lot of the relief efforts. In our network of churches, we were able to mobilize barges, right? We couldn't fly supplies in because that ash covered like the whole Caribbean. Couldn't fly planes in. We had to find cargo ships. We found shipping containers and got the stuff to Miami and then commandeered a a shipping container ship, whatever you call those, barges, and started sending supplies down. You helped make that happen. So thank you. We were able to raise over $75,000 to get supplies to help with staffing and pay for fuel and just all kinds of crazy things that God was able to do 
because of your generosity on the island of St. Vincent. The coolest thing of all of it was that nine refugee centers or care centers were set up by our church there and the government actually came to the church and said, you guys are really good at this whole serving people. Like, you get this? Will you help us do this? And so the government actually asked our church to lead the efforts in this. You, this is you. Remember, this is all y'all, right? And because of that, there were, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but I want to say it was like, over a hundred people, like in the first few months, that came to Christ. Because in these shelters, the, the people from the church, the, the believers of Jesus were coming out to serve and love these people and bless them. And I should have put it in here, but they were sending us pictures every night of people responding to the gospel. They come in, they had these makeshift stages where they were where they were preaching and, and doing music and people would just come, they were responding and you helped make that happen. It's so incredible. I talked a little bit about Ukraine. Right now, that's a huge, huge issue in our network. Here's our primary objective, we said, is growing churches and planting churches. That's our main thing, right? But we recognize in our network when crisis happens, we have to respond as brothers and sisters to the need, right? And so we started mobilizing people. We said, there's three things you can do. You can pray, you can give, and you can go. And all of us can pray and give sacrificially. Not all of us are called to go. They actually need very specific skills, which I just learned today that some of you in this room actually have. I met a gentleman, I think he's off with the live streaming, that is actually from the Ukraine. I met another guy who's from Russia, like, so I'm already recruiting people. But some people are called to go, and we need Russian-speaking people to go with us. We actually have a team of doctors and nurses from our network, not just our church, but from our network of doctors and nurses on the ground right now in they were supposed to go to Romania, but they actually kind of snuck into Ukraine. We won't talk about that because I'm really worried about that. I want them to come home safely. But through their work, we're actually planting churches, serving people. We're feeding. There's one of our refugee centers is feeding over 2,000 people per meal. You're helping make that happen. So we pray, we give, we go. I'm, I'm out of time, but I want you to be able to see the stories and the videos. And so if you'll pull out your phone and take a picture of this, this is one of the best ways for you to follow along the story. Right now, in our network, this is our network's blog, okay? And every time we get photos from our teams, they go up there. Sometimes there are you know, days where there's multiple posts that go on, but you can go, you can go back in time on that and see every, go all the way back to February 24th when this started. Anyway, we'd love for you to learn more about that, but. Big picture, I want to say thank you because we are in this together. The end of the story. Are we, are we there? Do we have a second for that? The question that I didn't ask or answer, we said what, we said where, who, why, all the how, we, but we didn't actually say when. So here's the question for you. My hope is that old man Jenkins 
voice would ring in your ear when you are faced with an opportunity to respond, to go, to love together. Because my experience with old man Jenkins, I blew it. I did what any red-blooded American young male, how they would have responded. I, I bowed up and I ran. <laughs> right? I got out of there, right? High pressure, I don't know what to do, I'm scared, I ran. There will be times when you have an opportunity in the grocery line, with your neighbor standing at the fence, with your kids in school, whatever. There's going to be opportunities where right in a moment you will be faced with an opportunity to go, to love, and maybe do it together, hopefully, because you can do it better together. My hope is, is that in that moment, you will hear that voice burning in your head like it does to me every day, every time I'm faced with that. So I want to invite the band to come back up, and I want to give you just a moment to think about that. Who are the people in your life, in the places that you live and work and learn and play? Who are the people that God is calling you to go love? Who are they? What is it that God wants you to do with them? How could you express his love in a tangible way as you live life on mission with him? Have there been times that you've maybe, like me, you've missed the opportunity? Maybe right now, just me talking about it, you're not hearing my voice, you're hearing old man Jenkins' voice, and you're like, man, I just, I know I need to do this. I, I, I know that I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this now, right? The time is always now. There's a really smart author wrote a book about responding to the Holy Spirit. He's like, often if you don't do it in the first 10 seconds, you probably won't do it at all. You're standing in line at the grocery store and you know you're supposed to help that person or their you know, I, I saw a reel the other day and somebody was counting out change and the person just responded, pulled out their, they just responded in a real intangible way. I don't know what that is for you, but how is it that God is calling you to go to love in the places that you live and work and play? So would you take this moment? Would you think about that? Would you pray? And, and I'm going to, I'm going to, be that nagging voice for you right now. Let me be the nagging voice because the reality is, is God's voice, God's voice is loving. It's not condemning. It doesn't sound like a scary old man in the woods, right? He's inviting you right now. He's inviting you right now to respond. And so will you listen and will you obey? Thank you so much for allowing me to be with you today. And I pray that every moment that God puts something or someone on your heart, you would say, you know what? I am going to respond and I'm going to respond now. Let's pray. Father, you are good. You invite us on mission with you and you, you equip us, you empower us, you give us second chances when we blow it, you give us seventh chances, 27th chances. We're so grateful for the way you love us and you encourage us. Father, thank you. 
And so, Father, these people that you've put in our lives, you've entrusted them to us. Help us to know how best to share your love, your grace, and your truth with them in real ways. May our houses, may our neighborhoods, may our schools, may our workplace, may this community be a better place because you are at work in it. We pray, Father, for all the opportunities that we have to be ambassadors of your love and your mercy. I thank you for my brothers and sisters here that are lifting those people's names and faces to you right now. Lord, have mercy. And I pray if there's a way for you to do that in and through us, let nothing stand in the way of what you want to accomplish. We pray this all in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from God's Word. If you have any questions about the topic of this sermon, or if you would like someone to follow up with you about applying this to your life, please reach out to us at info at doxaupstate.com. Church. You are loved.